take a deep breath and you let it out slowly. You're standing in a semi-crowded auditorium. There's individuals around and we're all getting ready for the show. The opening act has just taken the stage. The lights are a little bit dimmer, but you can still see the faces around you. We're all ready. It's the first show back in a very long time. And you can't wait to destroy this building. This is the metalhead. Okay. Well, let's dive into episode two of the metalhead. Um... I'm going to get really nice and comfortable, get really nice and chill. Um, and, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody once again for joining us, taking some time out of their day, and uh, thinking about some pretty heavy metal music. Um, so, yeah, pretty excited about this one. Got uh, a number of great things on the docket. Um, I wanted to start, actually, by asking you, Grace, if there was... Well, I guess we should introduce one another. Um, as always, I am the co-host, Michael Rogowski, and joining me, as always... Is Grace Hayhurst, from the yes. other side of the pond. The other side of the pond, yes. Together we are, you know, wrapping slightly around this, this globe of ours. Um, and... Have you been listening to anything particularly heavy, anything particularly uh, metal or aggressive lately? That's a great question. And I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> Apart from a lot of Foo Fighters, which I think is maybe not like that heavy, right? Mm -hmm. um, no, I've gone really into like funk and, and pop Ooh. lately. So hey, that's been, all right. Uh, Spinning the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album quite a lot. Oh, mm, Came out a couple okay. months ago. Yeah. That's been really good. Um, I've been listening to Suede, which is like a Brit band from the 90s. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I've been listening to some of The Police, trying to get my head around some of their early discography. Right. And right. Uh, also Them Crooked Vultures, which is like, oh. again, another heavier album. Um, yeah. Which I got excited by because it's got John Paul Jones in it. And I kind of like... Yes forgot that he was a guy that existed and now i've been <laughs> i've been suddenly made aware of this album and i'm like oh my god like i love these three musicians like so cool. yeah. yeah yeah a very dave gruel kind of a, a music docket in that sense yeah 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 um that's great well let's move into our our first i guess news item that has come through within the past couple of weeks which is the new lamb of god sig signal or signal single um grayscale um how familiar are you with uh with lamb of god um so they're one of those bands that i got into really really early on in my like metal listening career mm -hmm. but it was only one specific song <laughs> oh, okay which was uh redneck off of the sacrament album yeah yeah and it was pretty much only because of the music video. Because I remember right. my older cousin was showing me this music video, being like, look how cool this is. Like, isn't it crazy? <laughs> like, all of these, uh, you know, metal heads, like, playing a concert at, like, a kid's birthday party. And it's, right. it's a great video. But mm -hmm. um, that kind of sat in my mind for a couple of years. 
And then later I was like, oh, I should really listen to the rest of that album because I keep revisiting yeah. this song. Yeah. Um, and it's just a great album. It's really, really good. It's really heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of like where my knowledge ended because like I just never came back to them. So um, I'm kind of hoping I can jump on the bandwagon with this release because uh, the single sounded mm -hmm. great. Yeah, yeah, I'm... I'm in a very similar boat. A cousin of mine, Lamb of God, is their favorite album. So when we were teenagers and young adults, like whenever I would go over to his house, that's all he was listening to. So I can't I can't say I've consciously sat down to listen to a full album of theirs, but I'm pretty sure through osmosis, I've heard their entire discography just because of how much he played of them. <laughs> um, and I'm, I always loved what I was hearing, like very aggressive, very heavy um the kind of music that's definitely made for mosh pits for sure and yeah i would yeah. i'm i'm excited to actually dive into the new album because this this new track of theirs sounds pretty good um from somebody that as i mentioned has consumed enough of their discography to say that i've heard a lot but not sat down and consciously listened to an album from start to finish um yeah i i loved how heavy and how intense this new single of theirs is of grayscale um and yeah, it's not uh, chill yeah. in their music <laughs> yeah it just kind of hits you like right from the beginning and never really lets up which is a, you know a pretty constant for lamb of god um and uh, yeah i i love the semi breakdown that they have near the end uh i thought that was very rewarding for me so yeah yeah it seems like the new album's coming out on november 7th and i would love to see them but unfortunately um i mean i think they're touring closer to where i'm at um doing a lot of american cities um but they're touring with one of my favorite bands of baroness as well oh, yeah. as uh animals as leaders is touring with them they have like a whole roster of bands that are being oh, wow that's, yeah, that's helping them out yeah, so they've got um, Baroness and Suicide Silence uh, kind of helping them out with the first leg. And then uh, Spirit Box and Fit for Autopsy. Um, oh, yeah, Autopsy, yeah. Yeah, uh, and Animals as Leaders uh, with Fit for Autopsy a little bit later on. And kind of right in the middle is like Motionless in White and uh, another. It looks like this Fit for Autopsy, which I'm not too familiar with. Uh, it looks like they're opening for them through most of this. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. I've got a friend that really, really loves them, and again, oh, they're good. one of those fans. I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to get on that at some point, and I just keep like <laughs> putting it off and buying a bunch of funk albums. But uh, mm -hmm. no, they're definitely on the list. Um, yeah. yeah, Animals as Leaders. I've seen a couple times, and they're yeah, mm -hmm. just ridiculous, really ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I saw them. I saw them open up for Devin Townsend once, and I, I just, I was blown away. Um, my friend that I brought at the time thought that it was because it was so technical and rhythmic. They were almost like hypnotized into sleep, just because of how rhythmic it was. They're like, I couldn't keep my eyes open, and it wasn't because I wasn't enjoying them. I was just, it was so hypnotic. And I'm like, well, that's one way to put animals as leaders music i suppose yeah yeah definitely um i, I mean i i listened to um some of their new album this year and 
mm-hmm. you know, it's, I think it's like six years since since the last one came out. Yeah. So it's, it's quite a break. Um, yeah. But coming back to it, it was it was kind of fascinating because it it almost didn't feel like music. It was just like this weird like kind of rhythmic experience of how mm-hmm. far can we push like the technical and physical yeah. abilities of ourselves to create noise through the guitars like Mm -hmm. that's kind of what it feels like so and it's interesting from that point of view Mm -hmm. um, because they they still make very interesting like melodies and harmonies through through i mean it's yeah the the amount of time i've spent trying to understand like what tosin's doing with his Mm -hmm. thumb is just unreasonable (laughs) yeah i i love that latest album of theirs um i know a lot of people didn't take to it quite as um, favorably, but I, I think it's one of their best. I love uh, the incorporation that they used with how much synth is on it. I And half the time I'm like, is it a synth or is it just, you know, Tobson just doing his thing? You know, is he yeah, just morphing the sound? You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Um, but, but speaking of uh, concerts and uh, bands hitting the road... Um, one band that was making a pretty big splash at the beginning of September uh, was the band Machine Head. Uh, and at first I thought they were talking about the Deep Purple album Machine Head, but because uh, I'm not as familiar with the band Machine Head. I've heard maybe one or two tracks from them, um, but they're touring and it seems as though they're touring specifically smaller locations this time. Yeah. I think that's like a cool move because for me it's like a someone that's been to a lot of stadium gigs this year as well as a lot of smaller stuff um i thought there's almost been a vibe at some of the smaller shows that i've preferred to the bigger ones like it's so much more difficult to almost connect with an audience on that scale when you're playing to like tens of thousands of people versus like 50 to 100 in a small kind of club venue and it's a very, I don't know, it can be a lot more intense and like emotional, I find, in those smaller mm-hmm. venues. Um, but then the like, when you're in a big venue, having that camaraderie of, you know, tens of thousands of people, like you're all there for the same thing. It's, that can be quite mm-hmm. emotionally overwhelming as well. Yeah. Um, but I guess if you've been, you've been touring those bigger venues for a while, you might be like, well, it'd be nice to do something a bit less high energy, a bit less stressful, right? lower capacity Mm -hmm. like lower budgets less like financially dangerous in the world like all tours getting cancelled quite a lot at the moment because of uh that's true you know it's yeah we we still have a pandemic going on which is like i've i've been told this i don't know if it's still true or not but i've been told there's some some viruses that are still going around um yeah uh and thinking back like even though you know i always walk away from you know, the big stadium and the big festivals, um, very energized and jazzed. I think the the most positive experiences I've had have always been from the more intimate shows, um, you know, where it's just me and maybe 25 to 30 other people. Uh, there's this connection that you have with the band that I don't think you quite get when you when you're surrounded by, you know, 50,000 other fans. Yeah, yeah. Something about like you know staying authentic and the band not making any money from playing those gigs. You know, it just makes it feel. <laughs> makes <laughs> That's it feel true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so, you know, I think it's great. Um, I love when a band is able to do this because I know a lot of older bands like, you know, Rolling Stones would always go to one jazz bar or wherever they would tour. Um, and some other, I think like even Eric Clapton and whatnot would go to like a smaller place before hitting up the big stadiums um, just to get like yeah, that yeah. good vibe check. Um, yeah. Well, I, and, know, um, uh, I know a lot of like British comedians do that as well because uh, mm -hmm. there's a couple of venues uh, in London where they're kind of like super small comedy venues where mm -hmm. some of the really, really big comedians will come and they'll do testing shows. So they'll right. like test out material and you can go along for like a tenner. There'll mm -hmm. maybe be like 20 to 40 people maximum in the room, right? Very, very small. And right. they'll just be like sat there with a notebook or their phone or whatever, reading jokes out, see which ones work, see which ones don't. And right. that almost influenced to help craft their show, which I found really interesting because um, mm -hmm. when, yeah, when I first went to one, I was like, oh this makes so much sense like yeah. obviously you want to like practice to a live audience and see what parts of your material work because you you can't mm -hmm. really do that um sorry you don't have to do that as much as a musician because you know you see well this album sold this many and this song's mm -hmm. getting this many plays on the radio or on spotify or whatever and you kind of don't get that practice as a um a comedian so it's yeah it's interesting to to always have two musicians do that like little sort of small preview shows to work everything out but mm -hmm. still with an audience not just um yeah. like a big sound stage or rehearsal space mm -hmm. yeah and it it seems as though um machine head is doing that with a lot of the covers that they're going to be playing um because and this is a great time to do that um especially now that the touring circuit is starting to come back up again it would be good to do these smaller shows just to get your feet back in the water and oh yeah this is what it's like to play to an audience again so i think it's a yeah yeah, yeah. so we've got two new releases that we wanted to talk about um and before we even did uh there was one release that i'm that probably we'll talk about next episode um that i forgot to put on but i just wanted to test the waters to see if you had a chance to listen to the new ozzy osbourne record the one that just oh. released yeah i didn't know that was out yet i uh, yeah. listened to a couple of the singles but i feel like those came out a while ago yeah, yeah. my Patient dad and yeah i think i remember that yeah, my dad and I, uh, over the weekend, we got together to do a little bit of renovations up at the family cabin, the family cottage, and uh, he has Sirius XM, so they were playing on Ozzy's um, radio station, like he's got his little boneyard there. Um, they played the entire album, and after maybe two or three tracks, they would sit down with Ozzy and the session musicians uh rather than the guest mus musicians uh and just chat about the album so because we were doing so much work i only got maybe about a handful of tracks in some of the conversations but yeah i just wanted to see if uh we'll save that for next episode um yeah, just definitely. as uh a little spoilers. a little spoilers for what's going on for the next episode <laughs> um but uh, I figured let's let's talk about the new Megadeth album first. Uh, going from the fourth father of, or I guess grandfather at this point, of um, heavy metal to one of the big four of the thrash metal. Uh, Megadeth released their 
an album, I think this was the longest that they took between albums to release a new one. Uh, yeah, I think, because I remember seeing them on the Dystopia tour, which must have been mm-hmm. 2016 now. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, and I think a part of it was the um, throat cancer that, um, uh, oh shoot, his name's already escaping me. I had it and now it's gone. Dave Mustaine. Thank you. I was like, I knew it's Dave, and I was almost about to say Mustang, but I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, because he he had a, a nasty bout of that throat cancer, which as a lead singer, I can't think of anything worse to battle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bruce, I want to say Bruce Dickinson had that's right, he did. throat cancer as well, right? Yeah. So it's definitely affected a few like big singers before now. Yeah, sort of like I, frightening ways. Yeah, again, I can't think of anything I would I would wish worse upon a lead singer than any kind of throat infection or throat issues. Um, yeah, and in some ways, I feel like he isn't quite as powerful. But I also don't want to say that's just because of the throat cancer, because you would think somebody that has recovered from throat cancer would sound a lot worse and all things considering he sounds really good i do think that his age though is starting to catch up with him a little bit and not having that same amount of energy that he had with some of the past works um but honestly i think that's the only bout of criticism i can give with um an album title of like the sick the dying and the dead I know that they're usually for the cheese album titles, but that one was a little over the top for me. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you think about the album? I, on the first couple of listens, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. There's some, like, a lot of sick riffs going on. You know, that was, that mm-hmm. was a big thing I took away. You know, I'm a big fan of, like, Holy Wars. Like, that album yeah. was, like, really, really love that album, so... It was nice to sort of revisit Megadeth after a while because again I got really into Dystopia when that came out, um, mm-hmm. and then just sort of it faded out of my mind again. But um, yeah, there's just some really really nice, just good guitar moments across the whole thing. And then mm-hmm. the more I like start to listen, the more like little things I spot. Where I'm just like, oh, that's kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> Which is a shame, but the, the the big thing for me was there were a lot of moments where there were these really, really like amazing guitar lead lines, uh, mm-hmm. presumably by um, Kiko. It sounded great, but they were so low in the mix and the rhythm parts were louder. So you had these like, ding, 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 like yeah. louder than like these really, really cool melodic moments happening on the side. And you're like, oh, well, surely you would have like made this bit louder and brought this to the forefront of um, of the track. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So that was kind of a bit disappointing. The more I listened to, because I'm like, oh, I want that to be louder, and I mm-hmm. would sit there and like turn the volume up on my speakers, and I'm like, oh wait, no, it's it's making everything louder, not just the bit I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. I, I mean, I really love Killing Time. That's mm-hmm. like, I think that's my favorite song. It's got yeah. like just some really really tasty riffs, really yeah. tasty, just mm, very nice. Yeah, uh, the ones that I really liked were, um, it's going to sound funny because it's probably the 
um, least heavy track of Dogs of Chernobyl. Um, that and Soldier On, those two tracks were the ones that I really liked. Um, because I, I thoroughly enjoyed Dystopia, the 2016 release. Um, you know, that was, yeah. I kept coming back to it. Um, it was one of my favorite metal albums of 2016, and it had quite a bit of, you know, metal albums of that year. Um, but yeah, much to what you were saying, I was a little disappointed with the mixing, because, uh, you know, some of those really tasty riffs were being kind of buried under the, the big chugging rhythmic aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, is good if you want a good chugging headbanger, but not so great if you want to enjoy some of the musicianship about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, like, uh, hopefully they bring it live. You know, I'm hoping they do a proper proper headline tour because the, um, mm -hmm. the last time they, they toured over here, they were supporting Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, like, interesting. Oh. Huh. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Because I would have, yeah. in my mind, I would have put Megadeth as being the bigger band. I was, I was going to say. as you say, like, yeah. that was right at the cusp of they of being like, yep, I think the throat cancer's gone now. So I think mm. they were going on a shorter set tour, doing a support, just doing a short right. set, like an hour just to warm the muscles up a little bit and just be like, okay, like, is everything still working here? Is it mm -hmm. going to die after, like, if we play any longer? Right. So, um, it'd be great to see them come back and do like some big, you know, some big all out Megadeth shows. Because yeah. yeah, I've only only seen them once at um, at a festival in 2016, and it was only yeah like an hour. So, right. Yeah, uh, a good uh, the new album means we're going to get you know, the mega Megadeth mega tour. Mega... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, and the the last thing I wanted to mention just before we move on is probably the big news about this album with the. Uh, the exodus of their old bass player um, and the Herculean task that the new bass player had, which was essentially re-record all the bass work. Um, and luckily, you know, we don't come to Megadeth for the bass. <laughs> you know, it's not like we're listening yeah, to yeah. whatever bass uh, licks that we're going to be getting. Um but yeah, uh, I'm glad that they were able to find a new a new bass player um, within you know a relatively short period of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the guy that's back is uh, James Lomenzo, and obviously he was in the band back in the 2000s. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a, a return of someone in the family rather than just like a uh, a session musician or like you know something else. It's um, you know, it's almost like, hey, can bring back Peter Jones? It's like, yeah, okay, like yeah. we've gotten rid of this integral part of the band, but look who we're bringing back. It's this person yeah. we all know and love from like when this release happened. So it's, right. it's still like, it still feels like Megadeth, you know, it's not mm -hmm. straying away from, um, from the core sounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and actually that's a great segue, not straying from the core sounds, uh, moving into <laughs> the, the other, uh, album that we'll be talking about this this episode which is the new muse album uh will of the people um i've spoken about this album already um on my youtube channel um i'm very excited to hear what you have to say uh are you a particularly big muse fan hi uh, a few years ago i think i would have said yes like <laughs> i'm a big muse fan yeah. and it was after Drones I sort of fell off a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, you know, really big fan of Black Holes. That's like yeah. one of my favorite. Like that's if I had to pick a favorite Muse album. And again, mm -hmm. like maybe five or six years ago, it would have been like one of my favorite albums of all time. It's not sure, quite yeah. there anymore. I've uh, yeah. discovered new, better stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Black Holes, Absolution, like even the Second Law, which is like super weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, I already enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah, this is the new Muse album. Yeah, it is <laughs> the new Muse album, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's... I just, I feel like every two, like it was almost clockwork. Every two or three years we get a new Muse album. And I would always tense with anticipation being like almost preparing for some kind of a gut punch you know it's just like i gotta tense myself because i don't know what i'm gonna um because yeah i'm i was a huge huge muse fan um uh particularly around the black holes time um and i even though i don't like them as much i still like the more experimental side of stuff with like the resistance and second law I'm one of the weird ones in that I actually do like drones. Um, it's one of my... I quite like drones. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, but I just found the... I don't know, they, they have... It's not quite as good as, you know, the heyday with Origins of Symmetry and Absolution and Black Holes. And I feel like this last album... Even though it has some really good music on it, I just feel like it was a little bit of a pale comparison of their better stuff. Yeah, that's fair. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of all over the place at points, which mm -hmm. makes it kind of difficult to follow in a way. Like, yeah. uh, I, I want to really like Won't Stand Down. Mm -hmm. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, Yes, like here we go. There's this sick guitar riff, like <laughs> bo 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 ba da ba do, and then it just ends instantly. Like yeah. that whole texture just disappears from the music, and it's replaced with like a not as um, almost like destructive synth line. Like it's it's very light, and it's just like oh, look, we're having fun in a garden, as opposed to mm -hmm. like yeah, we're like we won't stand down. We're all really like you know resisting yeah. and all of this stuff, right? So. It's it's mm -hmm. a little bit jumpy in places, um, maybe a bit too jumpy for me. But that's yeah, that's fair. Part of like the thing I find interesting about it is obviously the whole thing's a concept album, uh -huh. and once I sort of clicked in my mind that maybe it's not a concept album in the traditional sense where there's they're trying to repeat a lot of musical themes. It's more lyrical and storytelling themes that they're they're trying to comprehend mm -hmm. that and i'm like okay well if what if i treat this as more of a musical almost as like a performance thing mm -hmm. and you can almost mm -hmm. imagine like the music being written to a stage play like a uh, you know people yeah. running around and bits of dialogue and stuff in between to help tell this story and it actually that made it click a lot for a lot more for me okay um, yeah oh it's like okay so that's why this like sudden shift has happened because of this and uh -huh. it kind of it clicked a bit better for me but on the other hand it's not a musical there aren't any bits of like interspersed dialogue that's... to break up when these yeah. songs change you know you've got three seconds of silence and then the next thing starts or you've got this riff that suddenly changes into this completely different thing 
Um, mm. So I don't know. It's it's definitely not an album full of like rock singles that are just going to yeah. do like really well on the radio. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting output. You know, I don't yeah. I don't hate it, but I'm not like I feel like some of this could have been executed a little bit <laughs> more confidently rather than just like throwing some paint on the wall and thinking yeah actually you know what let's keep all of the paint rather than trying to take some of it away to make it a bit more balanced yeah absolutely and i love the idea of thinking about this as like a musical theater you know kind of like fan of the opera or something like that because in that sense when that organ part came in where i was like yeah um, in the halloween song where it's just at the end i'm like wait that's that's so like musical (laughs) here to have like a scene interrupted by an organ just like yeah all right okay (laughs) yeah um yeah and like i kept trying to find like obviously there's thematics that are going through the album but it doesn't really touch anything new in terms of like a concept album that muse has done pretty much since the resistance um but try as i might i can't hate this album either like I can't even yeah, dislike yeah. it. It's just another Muse album. Um, it is, yeah. You know, I feel like this, and I was even talking to a good friend of mine about this album, and it's kind of like the later Queen albums, where once they, you know, once Queen put out Night at the uh, Opera and Day at the Races and News of the World, they were like, okay, we're just going to have some fun, and, you know, we're not going to try to, like, we're always going to try to have fun. And, you know, there will be a track on each of our records that are really, really good. But, yeah, we're kind of, we're, we're not so concerned about redefining anything anymore. We're just here to have fun. And I feel like that's kind of where Muse is at their Yeah, yeah. Career. I mean, it's, it's almost the same with Megadeth, right? They can, mm-hmm. either of those bands can put out any album they want to. And they're going to yeah. sell a couple of hundred thousand copies regardless of whether it's any good <laughs> or not, right? That's just the yep. nature of getting to that stage in 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 uh, your music's career so mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah yeah i mean all the power to them uh the music is still fun uh but definitely nowhere yeah, near their their yeah it's definitely not their best but still lots of fun i will definitely be listening to the uh the halloween song the may you make me feel like it's halloween pretty much <laughs> all of october you know yeah, <laughs> once the spooky season on starts yeah oh boy um, so to close off this episode, I thought we could have just a small discussion because I've had conversations with other metalheads um, regarding growls, and I think we can even uh, extend this into like goblin snares or pig sounds, you know, like the big guttural screams and whatnot. And is it really all that necessary? They seem to think that it wasn't and that growls are never necessary or even warranted and that all songs that have these growls and screams would be infinitely better if they had done away with them. But I know that's a spicy take. Definitely a statement, Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I would even, like, I remember there was a time in my life when I would have maybe not even agreed to that but at least to the point of being like okay i can see where you're coming from because i you know in my preteen time i didn't like growls um you know i always thought that they were a little too aggressive but you know after i was 
essentially inoculated with them with Opeth and between the buried and me. Um, now I I can see how they're warranted, but yeah, I, are they warranted? I mean, it's interesting you say Opeth because Opeth were also my gateway into being mm. like, oh okay, now I get this. Whereas before mm -hmm. I sort of tolerated it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in you know, we go back a few years when I was kind of earlier in my metal journey, if you will. Um, I was listening to heavy stuff, but like none of it was particularly growly, right? I was listening to mm -hmm. bands like Sabaton, um, yeah. like early Sabaton, right? Not the not so much the newer stuff. Um, right. Like bands like Black Sabbath, mm -hmm. uh, Metallica. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else have we got here? Papa Roach, Ozzy Osbourne, like a real yeah. a real mix of stuff. Yeah. Um, Rage Against the Machine, Elstorm, and like all of these bands do like these mm -hmm. great like heavy sounding vocals that are gritty, but they don't quite get into the the almost demonic like you know mm -hmm. evil side of those growls. And I kind of swayed away from that that kind of stuff because um, I remember at that time I had a friend of mine who was. Uh, really into slam and was mm. really trying to get me to enjoy slam and i just could not i was like what is like i can't i can't deal with this <laughs> like it's just too much it's too yeah. like i it's just i it was just like unlistenable to me like completely unlistenable and right. i still wouldn't go out of my way to buy a slam record <laughs> but <laughs> I um yeah I was going through stuff that year trying to like fill in gaps because I was it was the first year I really had like money to go out and buy my own CDs you know I wasn't limited by like pocket money or anything I had a job and I was like yeah like let's go to like HMV let's go to all these shops and let's just get every album that looks cool um, yeah or albums that people recommend to me so like I started going through online lists on places like Metal Archives and like the our metal subreddit like what are the best 10 albums of all time the best 10 metal mm -hmm. albums ever made um and one that popped up a lot was blackwater park by opeth and i was yeah. like all right i'll, tr I'll try this out then because you know never heard of this band before yeah. looks like you know sounds pretty cool maybe a bit scary the logo a bit intimidating but i'll give yeah. it a go um yeah. yeah wow that album just completely sort of like turned everything upside down yeah because it's it's used as such a textual device in there it's mm -hmm. not even about the what they're saying whatever it's just such a contrast in texture which is my favorite thing about that album mm -hmm. there's so many like these beautiful beautiful acoustic guitar moments really soft really like pretty and then you're suddenly like it builds and it builds and michael starts like screaming at you and it's like whoa <laughs> it's uh I felt so many things the first, like, I don't know, maybe 200 times I listened to that album that year. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I now don't mind it and actively, like, definitely actively enjoy it. Yeah. Almost to the point where I'm like, oh, I wish this song had, like, a bit of grit to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm almost in the exact same boat. You know, growing up, there was, you know a lot of the metal stuff that I would listen to like Metallica. And I remember my, one of the first tapes that my dad had in his car was like the appetite for destruction from guns and roses. Um, 
But growing up with Black Sabbath and Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne and even when I'm discovering my own music, you know, the heaviest thing that I had was maybe Limp Bizkit. You know, I'm still a pretty big Limp Bizkit fan. Um, and there would be moments of aggression, but never quite to the screaming aspect. You know, there was a few here and there, but yeah, it wasn't until I went to HMV and I had money of my own and it was Watershed that they had behind the counter in a vinyl and this was 2008 so like vinyl wasn't really in the resurgence that we see it now so like seeing a a vinyl album at a record store would be similar to seeing like a cassette tape now in a record yeah, store yeah. you know it's like whoa you're selling a new cassette tape uh so yeah, putting that thing on, the first song is so beautiful and harmonic. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is beautiful. But then once the growls start, I was just like, oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's <right. laughs> um, But it really did change things for me, you know? Like I could see now the using it, at, like using the voice as a musical instrument rather than a conveyor of lyrics and sometimes you need that aggression sometimes you need that um i almost equate it to mo singing being a violin growl singing is akin to like a trumpet and sometimes you just need that powerhouse behind it so yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah so that's kind of how i i view it it's it's another mode of the voice to take on and i think that there it's definitely warranted i think it's definitely sometimes needed and yeah, there's a bunch of metal songs. So I'm like, oh, if it just had a little bit more teeth, if it just had that little yeah, bit more yeah. aggression. Yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's another flavor. It's a different paintbrush, you know, to, to create a final piece of art. Like, um, yeah. I, uh, I told this to my guitar teacher like many times, but it's like, I'm not learning guitar because I want to be a guitarist. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, having these lessons so that I can better use this paintbrush that helps mm -hmm. me create this finished product because it's all just, part of a piece of all these different little bits and yeah mm -hmm. i think i think harsh vocals has become like near essential for me for for some bands you know i would really mm -hmm. miss if they um if they they kind of left that that band sound yeah. which yeah. wasn't the case with opeth because i love jazz opeth so i was uh, gonna say but, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely oh, about like mastodon like if mastodon started oh, doing sure. what they're doing now i would just be yeah. like i would check out i think <laughs> right right yeah oh boy well uh i think that's that's all we've got for you guys today uh thank you everybody for tuning in and chatting um we'll be back in a couple of weeks um and i'm excited because this saturday i'm going to see mastodon and ghost um so maybe we'll start the next episode with my experience uh scene and it's funny because originally uh ghost would open up for mastodon and now mastodon has passed the torch and is opening up for ghost yeah i was gonna say i saw ghost a few years ago in a tiny venue so it's uh it's yeah. crazy to see how how massive they've gotten basically yeah they're playing in toronto um at one of the larger stadiums not like the big 
you know, where the Toronto Maple Leafs play hockey stadiums. It's where the smaller hockey team plays their games. But still, it's one of the bigger coliseums in in Toronto. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so tune in for next week for our accounts of that and the new Ozzy Osbourne album. So Yeah, and some yeah. other stuff too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so if you want to connect, um, I'm on... Instagram and Twitter at Notes Reviews. And I am on all sorts of platforms under Grace Hurst, H R S T. And you can actually view Grace's new single uh, on YouTube yes. and all streaming sites. I guess, yeah, we could mention that, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? It's a great it's single. Out. I loved it's, it. It's available. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So, uh,. Yeah, until next time, just remember, if they fall down in the pit, pick them on up. <laughs>